You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 30, Glamour and Goop, an interview with Susan Egan. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected. This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hi there. How's it going, Mama? It's episode 30. And you may remember that every 10th episode, I have an amazing guest on the show. I'm very excited to share today's guest with you. Her name is Susan Egan. You might recognize her as the Tony Award nominee for Best Actress as Broadway's original Belle in Disney's Beauty and the Beast. She's best known to animation fans as Rose Court's Pink Diamond on Cartoon Network's Steven Universe and as the sassy Megara in Disney's Hercules. She has over 400 solo concert credits with symphonies worldwide, including concerts at Carnegie Hall, Lincoln Center, and the Hollywood Bowl, and she has more than 40 recordings credits with seven solo CDs. In 2018, Susan formed a company with fellow Broadway stars Laura Osnes and Courtney Reed and musical director Benjamin Rauhala. And they're currently touring their award-winning concert, Broadway Princess Party, worldwide. She's an accomplished master teacher in music performance, an obsessive gardener, happy wife, and leader to her daughter's two Girl Scout troops. During one of Susan's concerts, I heard her tell the story of how she would come out of the Broadway stage door to tons of little girls dressed up as Princess Belle, asking for her autograph and looking up at her as though she had hung the moon. And she talked about how she imagined being a mom to little girls would be based on that experience and how, you know, the reality was that her daughters really didn't care that she was a Broadway actress or or even want to hear her sing at times. And it just resonated with me so much because I know for me and for many of my clients, we had all kinds of ideas about how motherhood would be that, of course, turned out to be very different than reality. So we talk about that. We talk about her struggles as a working mom and some of the lessons she's learned so far on her parenting journey. Please check out today's show notes for more information and please enjoy my interview with Susan Egan. Hi, Susan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Pam. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to chat with you. And my daughters who are upstairs in bed, they're very excited too. Um, I I want to explain to my listeners how this interview came to be because I think it's a pretty cool story. Um, A few months ago, I mentioned on, on the podcast that I was crossing an item off my bucket list, which was going on my very first Disney cruise. And so... We're on the cruise and the schedule for the live entertainment on the third or fourth night said Susan Egan, the original belle of Broadway's Beauty and the Beast and the voice of Meg from Hercules. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. So we go to the show and oh my gosh, we were blown away by your talent. Your voice literally gave me chills. Oh my gosh, thank you. (laughs) It was so clear and vibrant, and you were so engaging with the audience and funny, and you told personal stories. 
And one of the stories that you told really caught my attention because it was all about motherhood and how becoming a mother really impacted you and your sense of self. And so I made a comment to my daughters like, oh, it'd be pretty cool if she was a guest on my podcast. And my older daughter, who's 13, was like, well, you should ask her. (laughs) Yes, for a 13-year-old, good girl. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I will. And so I have to say, I'm so grateful that you were so friendly and gracious and open to the idea. And without any hesitation, you were like, yes, I'm in. So thank you very, very much. And I would love it if you would um, share what you said about motherhood here with my audience. The question everybody asks me is, oh, are your daughters just, do they ask you to sing all the time? Are they so impressed that you were a Disney princess? And of course, that answer is no, of course not. I am their mother and they are not interested in any of that. And I, you know, it's, it's funny, but it's also true that Nina's first sentence was mama no Lala. So they don't associate me with singing or any of that. And the juxtaposition of that, of course, is that when you're, you know, an actress in a show and you're the lead in the big, beautiful dress and spotlights are always on you and the little girls at the stage door can't wait to meet you. They just can't wait. And when I was 23 and playing that role, I thought someday I'm going to be a mom and I'm going to have little girls and they are just going to think that I am the bomb. (laughs) And then, of course, they don't. Um, It's just reality. But the other side of that, the story that I don't have time to tell on stage, um, I I joke about it. And I wrote a song with my friend, Brian Hainer called Nina Doesn't Care. Yes, and, it, and you sang it, and it made me cry. It was beautiful. Well, it's it's great. Brian did a great job writing the song, um, and you know it's true that Nina doesn't care about all these things. And the song is a joke about, oh my gosh, I my name was on a marquee. I I have all these accolades in my career, and, but Nina just doesn't care. But the truth is, it's great that she doesn't care. So mm-hmm. some, you know, probably. Nine years ago, I was up for a big, huge TV gig. And the way it works in television is, you know, they narrow it down, narrow it down, and you keep going to callback after callback after callback. And finally, they narrow it down to two actresses. And you have to do the scene that you've done 500 times. So now it's totally stale. And you have to do it in front of all these executives, network executives who do not have a sense of humor. They're they're bored. They don't want to be there. Anyway, but... I knew that I had been the favorite um, in in the whole run of, of the auditions. And I went in and it's it's called testing, you test. And it's very scary and you're in this crazy boardroom. And, and they had me go in first and the other actress was out there. And then I came out and the other actress went in. Well, you know, it was the 501st time I did that scene. And it just like, bleh, it just mm-hmm. didn't land. It was just awful. And I came out of the room and my husband texted me, you know, how did it go? How did it go? And I texted back. I said, I was, but I was going to be the mom on this new sitcom, right. Of some pretty famous kids. And um, Anyway. So I said, Oh, Robert, I just, I bombed. I, I so did not get that job. And he texted right back and he said, that's okay, honey. You still get to be Nina's mommy. Mm. And I knew in that moment and many moments before and after that I married the right guy. Yeah. But, <laughs> it was such an eye-opening comment because I was really sad and yet I got to get in my car and go home and give the babysitter a couple bucks and sit down with my daughter and just play with, you know, toys. 
And she didn't know where I had been. She was, you know, two and a half and she didn't care where I had been. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I needed. I needed yeah. who didn't know and didn't care and just, you know. Yeah. And loves you no matter what. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, so, so that's the turnaround in the song. And, and that's why it's great. And it's, and it's hilarious. You know, I'm on a Disney ship on mm-hmm. Halloween and all the little girls are dressed up as princesses and mine's dressed up as a, as a corpse. And it's just, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I love that story because, you know, obviously I'm not a celebrity, at, you know, performing on Broadway or anything, but like, I still could relate to that feeling of like, here I am, I'm an adult. I, I feel like I have my stuff together. And then parenting, parenting is one of those things that kind of just brings you to your knees though. And like, you think that you're, one thing and then you know you're coming home like you're coming home to poopy diapers and temper tantrums and all this stuff glamorous life yes yeah that but that's the truth that's what you know and the truth is also my career really isn't that glamorous I'd, i'd love for other people to experience it and to recognize how completely unglamorous it is but you're right it's a universal story i had one woman stop me after a concert and saying i love that song because I have been a th- I was a third grade math teacher for 15 years before I finally succeeded in getting pregnant and having a baby and and now my son is in third grade and he's having math problems and I'm showing him how to do it he's like mom you don't know anything you don't know what you're talking about and I go exactly exactly we yep. did this before they were born in their minds. <laughs> yeah. And you know, so you, you mentioned the word glamorous and I, I, you know, I did a little bit of research um, before our call and I, I know that you used to write a blog called glamor and goop. Can you tell okay. us about that? Okay. So that actually started with my friend, Georgia Stitt, who's a composer in New York. She's great. And she and I were pregnant at the same time. And mm-hmm. so we, Um, she had had a baby a year before Nina. So when I had Nina, she was living in LA, her husband. And, and, uh, she gave me all the scoops of like, oh, here's the great, like mommy and me music place. Here's the great place to get this or that or whatever. These are the essentials. You know, she was that mom a year before I was a mom and gave me those those moms are the best. The essential, right? Well, our second set of children, um, we literally called each other to tell, like, I was going to tell Georgia, Georgia, I'm pregnant. And she said, oh, me too. I'm like, oh. So, so we immediately started planning and, um, as our bellies got bigger, we did a little mini tour concert tour, um, called Susan and Georgia all knocked up. And, uh, and we just had funny stories about it, but then we had the kids and, um, we all have, we both have two girls and I book another Disney cruise. So it's another Disney cruise story. And, my regular company isn't, isn't available. And so I asked Georgia if she wants to go on board. And so she has her oldest who is five. I have my four-year-old and we have two six-month-olds in carriers, like on our bellies. And literally people in our airport looked at us and said, good, good luck, ladies. Good luck with that. <laughs> and um, so anyway, we were on the ship and it was uh, the night of the show. And we had four children in a bathtub. Um, we were trying to do our hair and makeup and wash these children. And we had a babysitter coming and we literally needed to be on stage in about 15 minutes. And neither of us were dressed, didn't have makeup. And like one of the kids just splashed us with water and we looked at each other and said, this is, this is the glamour, right? This is the total glamour. And we just started laughing and thinking, you know, there's a lot of stories like this. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, so we wanted to start this blog and of course um, had to give up on it after getting too many other jobs and <laughs> other demands and things, but but we we loved doing it for the time that we did it and um, and learned a lot about each other and also the fact that we had we had different points of views about things sometimes mm. and that was a lot of fun as well. Yeah. I also read that I guess this was on a different blog that you had for a little bit, something about like the the feeling you had when you le- would leave the house for a business trip. And you wrote, I miss my children to such a degree that I'm in pain and question why I'm doing this to myself, right? Like the minute you left the house, I I wondered if you could talk a little bit about what it's been like for you to be a working mom and to, you know, and someone who travels a lot, what's been amazing about it for you and what advice would you give to those working moms who maybe are struggling with guilt? So, I mean, it's, it is a struggle all the time and I have not succeeded. You know, there are costs to, to everything. Mm-hmm. On one sense, we're raising girls. I love that I'm raising girls. Um, and I want them to know that they can be anything they want to be. They can do anything they want to do. And so part of me exploring that for myself is leading by example. I, you know, I left New York and I left Broadway to be a mom because I did not want to miss bedtime. Mm every night, which is, you know, basically when they come home from school, I would be going to work, but I still needed to make a living. So I left doing eight shows a week on Broadway and I started doing concerts. And the idea was that I could work, you know, one to two weekends a month and be home 75% of the time, um, which is pretty great. And uh, when I'm home, I am home. And that's, that's great. I'm the leader of two Girl Scout troops and, you know, did the soccer mom thing and, you know, sewing Halloween costumes and all that good stuff. But, um, but also when I'm gone, I'm gone. And that's really hard. Um, I do miss, I do miss out on things. Uh, they miss out on having me there during important things. You know, my husband and I talk about it a lot and he sort of says, you know, it's great for, for me in our situation for me to go and do this. And it gives me a few days away. It's always good for people to miss each other. Um, we do appreciate the time we have together. So these are all the positives, Yeah, but it's always a, a pull and hard. And, you know, you get a, a teary phone call from a daughter who's just had a fight with her sister, literally when they call places and I'm supposed to be on stage and yeah their lives are the most important things to them and their problems are the most important things to them. And, and yet I can't stay in that dressing room and talk. Right. And that's where it's just, it's a bummer. It's a big bummer. Yeah. I wish I could schedule everything to be just so, Hey, can you have your meltdowns? Like (laughs) I still have time, you know, but, but that's not life. Yeah. But also, you know, not everybody gets everything. I also feel like we're in a we're in a society right now where kids are getting everything they want and we're not raising really strong children <laughs> i agree 100% everybody has some struggle there's never going to be that perfect balance of work and home there is the positive and the negative and like you said it's the going away that makes the being together that much more special Right. And you wouldn't appreciate each other as much if you didn't have that other 
time apart. So in some people's minds, that's a justification, but it's really actually, I can only speak for myself. It's true. Yeah. And I am, I'm lucky in the sense that, you know, we all get burnt out. And for me, every once in a while, I get to completely flip a different switch. And Mm -hmm. what I do demands a hundred percent of my focus because you know, there's a lot of people out there who are expecting something and they've paid a lot of money for it. And, um, and I need to turn that on and be there fully for them. Mm -hmm. And so, and just a couple hours of doing that, I flip the switch back and phone my daughter at the end of the show. And, and it's almost like a reset in my brain where I, I think I'm a better mom. I'm, I'm a little fresher for her. I'm a little, you know, not, caught up in it. I wasn't there to watch the meltdown of everybody, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so and there's- also you're setting, you're setting such a great example for her of like using all of your gifts and talents to give back to people. And I mean, I, I just, think- so. it's, it's not, it's not the right choice for everybody. You know what? My best mom mm-hmm. friend here is definitely stay at home, stay at home mom who doesn't miss a single thing. And, and, you know, tells me from time to time that she made a conscious choice to, you know, never have anybody else watching her, you know, and, um, and I get it. And that's the right choice for her for sure. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I actually don't think I would be a great mom doing that because I think I need to express myself to get, you know, to go and do that. And yes, I also think it, it shows my girls, you know, oh, you can go and accomplish your dreams and work hard and do something. But I also don't think my friends' children don't see that. You know, uh, you know, it's just it's different choices for different people, especially yeah. new moms. I talk with new moms, and I go, you know, you're going to discover for yourself whatever it takes for you to be the best mom you can be. And if that means bottle feeding, then bottle feed. Yeah. You know, and if right. that, you know, hiring a sitter and just going out with your girlfriends and pumping and dumping, then you do that. Like, you know, you find what it is for me. For me, I think really exercising my brain, you know, this, this, I'm on a new business venture right now with two other Broadway actresses and a musical director where we formed this company and we're doing um, concerts across the country and it's take, it's feels like a full-time job. And, um, but it's exercising my brain in a way that I think is good, <laughs> ultimately. Mm-hmm. but I admit it's also selfish. It is, you know, I'm definitely putting the oxygen mask on myself first and then helping others. Right. right. But- and that's, you know, I talk about that all the time. Like you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to put the oxygen mask on first, all the cliches, but it's true, you know, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like when you are full and you go out and give a performance and you sing your heart out and you know then you can give to your kids what they need as their mom because you are full um and and I absolutely agree with what you said that it's not for everybody I I did a podcast recently that there are no wrong decisions like it's whatever feels good for you um you know is is right and so I I'm glad you brought that up Um, I also different chapters you know my kids are older now I mean, they're, they're self-sufficient in, in ways that they didn't used to be when they were babies. I've got nine and a, and a 12 year old. And so, um, Me too. Oh, they, no, mine's, mine's 13. She just turned, oh. Nina actually just turned 12 yesterday. Um, oh, happy birthday. So, you know, it's also giving them a chance to exercise their independence is giving me that, 
that freedom of, you know, if I'm gone for four days for concerts, you know, they can do their own hair in the mornings and it's good for them to know how to do their own hair in the mornings. And, and there, I'm also seeing, especially with Nina, you know, a sense of pride of, you know, cooking her own breakfast and getting things done on her own and doing Isla's hair. And I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm finding the good in the path that we've chosen. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also, you know, they show me every day, not overtly, but in, in many ways, how I'm failing too. And so it's, it's a process. It is not something that you ever reach, like being the best mom, the perfect mom. Right. Um, it's definitely a process and it's so humbling, isn't it? Yes. Yes. My kids know the kind of work that I do and I teach it to them. And so they, they, they're allowed to call me out on stuff and to say, mom, that's just your thought that, you know, because I'm talking about how your thoughts cause your feelings and stuff, or, you know, I mean, they, they call me out on my stuff, which I appreciate because I'm always trying to grow and be better. And I know that it's, you're never, you never arrive, you know, it's, it's just, no, always, you don't. it's you always don't. a process. Yeah. And if you think you have, you're fooling yourself and, and not in a bad way, but in the sense that you're, you're going to miss out on growth that you could be, you know, experiencing. I mean, growing feels good sometimes too. So obviously, um, you know, expanding yourself and getting it right after having gotten it wrong is, is an achievement. And mm -hmm. parenting is that every single day, yeah. you know? I mean, I yeah. messed up yesterday on my daughter's birthday and then, you know, we got past it, but I'm like, oh, okay, darn, you know, right. I want you to be flawless. And, um, yeah, but know. I, but I, I think, you know, it's really important that they see that we're human and we're imperfect and that they're imperfect and we still love them anyway. What, tell me, what do you, what would you say is your biggest strength or superpower as a mom? What do you do really well? Okay, so I think <laughs> I think I'm able to harness that creative energy uh, that is my career, and I completely channel it into motherhood. Um, I think it's why I love being a scout leader. I do wacky things with this group of girls, and you know, I'm also a perfectionist. So I think you know there are certain moms that probably didn't appreciate me being so detail oriented, um, but the moms that get me think what I do is hilarious. And like what? What do you do? I mean, just a million things. You know, I mean, if, if a couple of years ago, if the girls are, well, right now my cadet troop is going to throw a dinner party. And so it's like, they're going to be, they, and, and they're supposed to be in charge of it. So I'm really trying to get them. I've had these girls since they were in kindergarten and they're in sixth grade. And, you know, I want them to be doing things now instead of us guiding them to do things or whatever. And, and, um, you know, so it's, they're doing Italian and I just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to show up with stick on mustaches and just, they're going to, they're going to die and they're going to love that. Like, Oh, we're totally putting on stick on mustaches, you know, <laughs> but, um, but everything I do is a production. And so <laughs> there's that pressure that I think I'm doing a science thing with, with the other troop, the third grade troop. And, uh, you know, when, if, if the girls are going to do, um, a multi-troop event that is visiting the world and we chose, we, you know, our, our country was Russia. Then, I mean, darn it. We are going to do it. We're going <laughs> to speak Russian. We're going to be in Russian costumes. We're going to sew those Russian costumes. We're going to have, you know, the Russian dad of one of my girls come over and he's going to teach us a song in Russian. And 
we're going to dive in with both feet, hands, and like, and we're going to take anybody who's near us with us. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're just like the fun, cool mom. No, I, I think I'm, I'm like the perfectionist mom, which I think can be a lot of pressure on, on oh. people. I think in some ways I'm the fun, cool mom because, because I can riff on anything at any time. Because I mean, when you've been in front of 10,000 people and things go wrong, you have to figure it out. And so those muscles are well-oiled, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I can, I can swerve with anything and, um, figure all that out. But, um, do you embarrass your kids yet? Or, or is all that the time? I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I've been getting that a lot lately from my 13 year old, not the nine year old yet. I don't embarrass her yet. Well, Uh, but I mean, my husband and I think that that's that's a right of parenthood. We told them that from the beginning. Oh, for sure. We want to we want to show up when they're like in fifth grade, (laughs) drop them off at school, roll down the windows, and have Barney music blasting. Do you know? I mean, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've that, haven't we? Totally joy. So tell me, what are you struggling with most right now as a mom? Time. Mm. So, you know, when I, when I leave to do concerts and come back, that, that was really pretty manageable because like I said, I was doing it one to two weekends a month and I would, you know, pack my bag on a Thursday. I would leave Friday, sing a couple shows, come back on Sunday. But this past year I started a company and it's a startup, you know, we're one year into it and, um, it's too much of my time. It's, it's unsustainable. And we've just recently restructured things um, to get some things off my plate and, and it's better. Um, we overscheduled our concerts. And so we're going to be better about that next year. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you, know, you only know your limitations when you pass them. <laughs> and we passed them a couple months ago, but I just knew I had to hang on until last weekend um, which was my last concert. I've got a couple of months off now, but I have been away every weekend since, uh, since basically Halloween. And wow. even before that, it was pretty awful starting in August, just concert, concert, concerts. And where I'm doing all the work before the concert and after the concert, advancing the dates and booking the travel and designing the merch line and running the online store and, and all this stuff. And, and also trying to define what this is. And we hired a social mm-hmm. media company. And I mean, so it was literally... It was, it was like 40 to 50 hours a week. And then I would be gone after that. So it was, it's been a lot and yeah. I've really missed being here and we're about to make a big move. And so, you know, that's going to be another pile of things on the plate, but, um, but it feels good to, to have survived it, to mm-hmm. learn from it and to try and structure things differently moving forward to now be here with the kids and check in with them and sit down and do projects and, you know, we're planning mm-hmm. our Valentine's that we're going to make next, you know, over the weekend and Nina's having a birthday party this weekend. So planning that and um, just getting to be here. It's truly, I, it's what you said before. I mean, I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy to be here and to just be here. And yeah, but it's, it's the time management. Okay. Yeah. Well, and so many people can relate to that. I mean, it's a struggle for so many moms to try to fit everything in that they want to do. And probably 10 times that for you, since you're traveling so much. Um, So if you could send a message to yourself 10 years ago, that's a good question. What would you tell the younger Susan? Mm. 
it's weird because here's where my brain just went. My brain just went to the Susan 10 years from now, what would she be saying to me right now? <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And I know what that person is saying and I'm trying to make that happen. It's hard. You can have your cake and eat it too. But that person would, would be like, stop all the silliness. Like the business is not as important and, and spend time with them because it's going so fast. And so I'm trying to segue into that gracefully. Um, what would I say to the, to the girl 10 years younger? Um, <laughs> I mean, I think about how old they, well, I was pregnant, I guess, with the second one. And the first one was still a baby and things were madness. And it's funny because I think we have that hormone that goes through, women have that hormone that helps you conveniently forget how hard and frustrating those yes. early years are. And that's what has kept the human population going. <laughs> yes. The pregnancy amnesia. Yeah. yeah the pregnancy amnesia. I, I think it extends past childbirth. I think it extends through, you know, a friend of mine just has a new baby. We were at the school event today. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I miss that. And she looks at me, she's like, do you, do you, <laughs> because you could have them for two days and then you would say, oh, oh, right, right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, but it's a wonderful thing that you can remember that. So I would say that I would say, I go, you're only going to remember the good parts. So it's okay. Like chill out and give that same advice that I give to young moms, which is, whatever it takes for you. Like if you need a glass of wine, have a glass of wine. If you need, you know, to take a bath and if you need to let your baby nap in a swing every single day, do not let the moms who tell you that's not okay into your heads. Like, no, you, you put that baby in the swing and you, yeah. you're good. Do, with what you, in the bath. do what you need to do. Right. That's right. That's right. Because then a happy, you know, a, a mom who has gotten to take a shower is going to be a better mom for the next eight hours. Totally true. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. And I love that you, that you immediately went to your future self too. Um, <laughs> Thank to you so much yourself. for this therapy session. I really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so, it's so good because what I teach my clients a lot is what does your, your future self has so much wisdom. If you can just tap into who that person is and, and ask her, you know, how did she get to where she is, where you now want to be? Um, and she'll tell you, you just have to listen. I, it's such a cliche, but just dive into those blessings in your life. Don't just look at them and appreciate them. And logically, like, dive into them, you know, spend time with your parents. Like Robert and I have lost, you know, I've lost my mom. He's lost both his parents in the last 10 years. And, you know, people are not, we've, we've started losing people our own age, mm. horrible things. And it's just, we just, our whole thinking has shifted into, we have no idea how long we're here. So mm. we're not going to sweat the stupid stuff. I am never going to argue with my husband about a paint color. Never. Right never going to happen. I've just, you know, so much time is wasted on things and, and you see it every day, you know, and maybe somebody in the periphery of your life has had some horrible heartbreak or an accident, a split second accident that changes the course of everything. And I think it's important to understand, you know, how that usually tells that person what's truly important and all that stuff you've been stressing about, boy, it falls away immediately. Yeah. And I think we can do that without the drama and tragedy. I yes. think we 
And that's exactly what less drama, more mama is all right. about. Right. Like it should not take catastrophe for you to recognize that what you are worried about right now, really, you can let it go. Yes. Let it go. That mom looked at you cross-eyed in the parking lot or that, you know, who doesn't matter. Doesn't the, have anything to do with you. It's all about her. Right. No, just, just move on.org. Like doesn't <laughs> matter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love talking to you. You're so wise. Oh, um, my <laughs> so tell like me tell us the 30s you know like there there it is it's like I just you know I don't I don't worry about what people think quite as much and it yeah. is freedom <laughs> it is freedom yes um so tell us what are you doing now you, you mentioned a little bit about this business of yours yes. but where can people find out more about you and how can they, sure, can they, they perform you can now Yes. So you can go to susanegan.net. That's about all my upcoming performances and other things too. And my social. Okay, and I'll, I'm going to link to everything in my show notes for my podcast Thanks. listeners. Yeah. So like you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, um, at I am Susan Egan, like I am Spartacus. Right. Um, and, um, and, and the company that I started, uh, with, uh, uh, Broadway actress Laura Osnes and Courtney Reed and Benjamin Rahala uh, is our musical director is called Broadway Princess Party. And, you know, basically it started out as, you know, you have Monday nights off when you're at work on Broadway. And about three years ago, Laura and Benji thought like, wouldn't it be fun to just get all the princesses who have Monday off to like come to, you know, 54 below this club in New York. And we'll just, we'll just sing the gamut of princess songs and just see who <laughs> Up. Like it would just be hilarious. Mm-hmm. And so that happened and it became this cult hit in, in New York. And so we decided to form a company and try it outside of New York. And the idea of it is so much of, of what you and I have talked about, which is we, it's definitely not about, you know, Courtney was the original Jasmine. Laura was Cinderella. I was Belle. Um, it's not about three princesses gracing you with our presence. It's not about that at all. It's about what is the idea of princess? Like, let's like, let's take over our own brand and let's redefine it and let's make it powerful. And our tagline is unleash your inner princess. And everybody has one. If you're the trucker with the neck, you know, tattoos up to your neck with like plugs in your ears, you have an inner princess. That six year old boy has an inner princess. That 25 year old sorority girl has an inner princess. Um, The dad who's bringing his daughter, the dad has an inner princess. And what does that mean? And let's all celebrate it together. And then I sort of brought in the idea with them as well of, um, I've done a bunch of animation. And so I, I go to comic cons a couple times a year to, you know, do events and, um, and just watching all the people in cosplay. I went into these comic cons kicking and screaming, not wanting to do it. Cause I thought like, Ooh, I don't want to sit and sell my autograph. Like that feels awful. That's just dumb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I had to go do some of the events for Disney. And then what I realized is, you know, two bells meet in the center of this Comic-Con. They're both in these costumes. And I'm just watching this happen. Yeah. They're not saying, my bell's better than your bell. <laughs> They're saying, oh, my goodness, I love your dress. How did you do that? And wow, your wig is perfect. And oh, I love the purse that you're carrying. It's a rose that's so perfect. You know, uh-huh. They're lifting each other up. They're celebrating each other. And the fact that these women, you know, identify with the character that I happen to play is amazing, but, but that they identify with a character and they bring it to life in their own way and they, they own it, Mm. whether 
you're dressed up as Chewbacca or whether you're dressed up as Jasmine or whether you're dressed up as, you know, some Marvel character, you know, these cosplayers are amazing. They're astonishing and they're so much fun and they get both purpose, but also zest and zaniness for life. And they're not taking themselves seriously and, and they're having a great time. And I'm watching parents with children and it is so clearly their thing that they do together. And, Mm -hmm. And they're not on their own phones, you know, they're, they're, anyway, it's great. And so we've turned this concert series into the first hybrid of a cross between a Broadway caliber concert. I mean, we're the girls on the original cast album, so it's like, we can sing it. Um, And then we want the cosplayers to show up and be it. Do you know, we're just the girls who got to play the characters for a short time, but you are those characters. And so it has truly turned into a party. It's been an amazing experience and it's it's going really well. And now I'm going to turn over some of my responsibilities to other people so that I can spend more time with my children. Yeah. Yeah. But that sounds so much fun. I'm going to have to think about who is my inner princess? What does that who mean? Who is your inner princess? And it doesn't have to be just one. It's like, you could be partly Merida, you could be partly Mulan, you could be partly Moana. Yeah. All these things. But you can find that at broadwayprincessparty.com. Okay, perfect. Awesome. And obviously you've got CDs on iTunes and, and things I like do. that. Do you mind if I if I post the words to um, the song about Nina on the oh, sure. show? Absolutely. I love, I love those lyrics and the melody is gorgeous too. So I'm going to put the lyrics on there for people to see. When Brian wrote the melody to it, uh, he inversed um, the melody to Beauty and the Beast. Oh. So, and Taylor's as old as time, Nina doesn't care. And I mean, it... it Drives oh, away now that. I'm going to have to go back and listen again. Okay. So it's the reverse of Beauty and the Beast. That's like, that's like behind the scenes, secret of the stars type of information right there. But it's also what motherhood is. And is, <laughs> it's like, take it and play it backwards. That's what motherhood feels like. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show. And I'm, I'm thrilled to have gotten to speak with you and get to know you a little bit. I, I really admire you as a performer, but also as a mom. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be on the show. And um, I can't wait to listen to other episodes of yours. It's it's awesome. Okay. Take care. There you have it, mama. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Check out today's show notes at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash zero three zero. And I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you like this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.